The biblical book of Revelation tells us that there is a time coming when everyone will be compelled to receive a mark on his forehead or on his hand. Without that mark, you will not be able to buy or sell. But God's wrath will be poured out on those who accept it. What is that mark? Do you know? Many people look in all the wrong places to understand this mysterious mark of the beast. Speculations abound. The U.S. Social Security number was once thought to be that mark, as was the Canadian Social Insurance number with its acronym SIN. The barcode and the quick response code have also been contenders. Others expect tattoos of the number 666 or a computer chip to be placed on the hand or the forehead. And how can we forget the COVID-19 vaccine? But none of these are the beast's mark. On today's Tomorrow's World program, I'll discuss from the pages of the Bible what that mysterious mark is. I'll also be offering you our resource, The Beast of Revelation. This free resource goes into greater detail than I have time for on this program. So be sure to have writing material available to take down our contact information to receive your free copy of The Beast of Revelation. I'll be right back in five seconds to show you what the Bible reveals about the mysterious mark of the beast. A warm welcome to all of you from all of us here at Tomorrow's World, where today I'm sharing with you what the Bible says about the mysterious mark of the beast. The subject of a mark that controls whether one can buy or sell arises from the biblical book of Revelation. So we must look to that source to discover what that mark is. Here's the passage in question. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads, and that no one may buy or sell except one who has the mark, or the name of the beast, or the number of his name. Now, before we go running off into the sunset looking for this mark, let's stop and consider the obvious and most fundamental point in understanding this mark. The mark is of the beast. Yes, it's the beast's mark. Any mark from any other source cannot be his mark. While it is popular to focus on barcodes, social insurance numbers, tattoos, and computer chips, we must first focus on identifying this beast if we are to understand his mark. So who or what is this beast? We begin our study in the biblical book of Daniel. There we read how King Nebuchadnezzar had an unusual dream and how God revealed its meaning to the prophet Daniel. We'll begin in Daniel, the second chapter, and verse 31. You, O king, were watching, and behold a great image. This great image, whose splendor was excellent, stood before you, and its form was awesome. This image's head was of fine gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You might be thinking right now, how can a king's dream 2,500 years ago have anything to do with me? Isn't this just a child's bedtime story? This thought could not be more wrong. Daniel explained to the king that this figure of a man represented four kingdoms. The head of gold was his Chaldean empire. 
History shows that the three that followed were the Medo-Persian, the Greco-Macedonian, and the Roman empires. Notice that this prophecy covers the time from Nebuchadnezzar all the way down to the second coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the setting up of his kingdom. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. Historians tell us that the fourth kingdom, the Roman Empire, died in 476 AD. But Christ did not return and set up a world-ruling kingdom at that time. Did this prophecy fail? or is there more to it? I'll answer that question in a minute, but since this is such a large subject, we're offering a free study guide that will allow you to look in your own Bible and prove these things for yourself. This may shock you, but not only is the mark of the beast coming, it's already here. That's why you need our free study guide on the beast of Revelation. It truly is an eye-opener. In addition to explaining the beast and the beast's mark, it also explains the number 666 and how it relates to this subject. So order your free copy of The Beast of Revelation. Just pick up the phone and ask for the booklet on the beast. That's all you need to do. Or you can order online at twtv.org beast. And when I come back, I'll show you why Nebuchadnezzar's dream is important to you. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org beast. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine six inspiring issues discussing news, science, and modern culture will help you make sense of your world from a biblical perspective. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now or go to twtv.org beast. Welcome back. We're looking into the Bible today to find out what is the mysterious mark of the beast. We began our search in Daniel, the second chapter, where King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream that explains history from more than 2,500 years ago, all the way down to the future return of Jesus Christ. Let's now go to Daniel 7, where it elaborates further on these four worldly empires. This time, rather than an image of a man made of different materials, we find these same empires described as four wild beasts. The first was like a lion with eagle's wings, the second like a bear, the third was a four-headed leopard, and the fourth was, as we see Daniel 7, verse 7, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth. It was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. 
It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had 10 horns. Verses 17 and 23 clearly show that the words king and kingdom are used interchangeably. And as in chapter 2, this fourth kingdom ends at the return of Christ when he sets up his kingdom. Notice it in verses 26 and 27. But the court shall be seated, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it forever. Then the kingdom and dominion, and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven, shall be given to the people, the saints of the Most High. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. We need not speculate about the meaning as the Bible interprets its own symbols. Nebuchadnezzar's image is explained as four kingdoms beginning with Nebuchadnezzar's and ending with God setting up a kingdom on this earth. We're told that the four beasts of Daniel 7 represent four kings or kingdoms, and the fourth ends with God's kingdom. So these beasts clearly represent the same four kingdoms as those mentioned in Daniel 2. The stone cut out of the mountain without hands is clearly a reference to the future, when the returning Jesus Christ sets up an everlasting kingdom. At that time, he destroys mankind's empires by smiting the king's great image on the feet and toes. Therefore, the feet and toes of iron and clay must be in existence at Christ's return. Notice Daniel's God-inspired explanation of the feet and toes in Daniel, the second chapter, beginning in verse 41. Whereas you saw the feet and toes, partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. As you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. That's a state of the Roman kingdom at the end of the age. As we shall see, there will be ten nations that do not adhere to one another, but they do so for a very short time out of necessity, and they have the strength of iron. But how can this be when Rome, the fourth kingdom, fell more than 1,500 years ago? For the answer, we must turn to the book of Revelation, the 13th chapter. Here we find another creature, but this time a single beast with the characteristics of those found in Daniel 7. Those characteristics are all combined into a single creature. Why? This is because John recorded this vision in the late 90s AD, at the time of the Roman Empire, which had absorbed the other three kingdoms. Notice this description. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast which I saw was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power, his throne, and great authority." But again, Rome fell more than 1,500 years ago. How can it then be in existence when Christ returns? Note that this beast has seven heads. Compare this with Daniel 7, where the four creatures also had a combined seven heads. 
Revelation 13, 3 and 5 explained that one of the heads had a deadly wound that was healed. Since the only empire in existence at this time was Rome, the head with the deadly wound that is healed is that of Rome. A deadly wound and healing of the Roman Empire is exactly what we find in history. Rome fell in 476 AD, but the empire was restored or healed by Justinian in 554 AD. We now turn to Revelation, the 17th chapter, where the healed Roman Empire continues. There we find another seven-headed beast, but this beast is different. It only refers to Rome after the healing, and it has one very significant difference. It is Rome ridden by an immoral woman. Beginning in verse 1, Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me, saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. We'll see how the Bible interprets the symbol of a woman in a moment. But let me take a 15-second break to remind you of today's offer. The Beast of Revelation, Myth, Metaphor, or Soon Coming Reality. This offer is free of charge and can be yours by simply picking up the phone and telling us you want the booklet on the Beast. That's all the title you need. Or you can order it online by going to twtv.org beast. As shown in our resource, The Beast of Revelation, this is more than a child's bedtime story. It reveals your near future. It will affect your life. And unsuspecting Christianity is unaware that the beast mark has been around for centuries and most professing Christians have unwittingly taken that mark. So order your free copy of The Beast of Revelation. And when I return in 15 seconds, I'll explain this final beast and the woman who rides it. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. Call now or go to twtv.org beast. Before the break, I said I would explain this final beast and the woman who rides it. In the Bible, a woman is sometimes used as a symbol of a church. Concerning the marriage of a man and a woman, we read in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, and verse 32, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. In Revelation 19, verses 6 to 9, it describes the saved as the bride of Christ. But in the case of Revelation 17, we see a fallen woman, an apostate church, a mother church with her harlot daughters. Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and of the abominations of the earth. This Roman Empire, whose deadly wound was healed in 554 AD, had seven heads and is ridden by an apostate religious system. Furthermore, we learn that after the healing it would continue 1260 years. And I saw one of his heads as if it had been mortally wounded, and his deadly wound was healed, and he, 
that is, this Roman beast, was given authority to continue for 42 months. That's from Revelation 13, verses 3 and 5. A prophetic month is made up of 30 days. 30 days times 42 months comes to 1260. Now, the Bible sometimes uses what is called a day for a year principle. In this case, the beast would continue after its healing for a period of either 1260 days or 1260 years. The context in history shows us that it is the latter, 1260 years. History reveals that the Roman Empire, now ridden by an apostate church, was restored by Justinian in 554 AD. The empire diminished and was revived four more times. The second restoration came in 800 AD when, on Christmas Day, as Charlemagne knelt before St. Peter's altar in prayer, Pope Leo suddenly produced a jeweled crown and set it upon the king's head. After Charlemagne, the empire again deteriorated, but was revived a third time under Otto I. Like Charlemagne, Otto received his throne through the papal claim that the Roman Church had been the only imperial elector since the early fourth century. The Holy Roman Empire was thus to a large extent German in its ethnic and political base, Christian in its moral justification, and Roman in its claim to legitimacy and universality. Charles V and Napoleon constituted the fourth and fifth restorations. From the healing under Justinian in 554 to the fall of Napoleon in 1814, we have, get this exactly, 1260 years as foretold in Revelation 13 and verses three and five. Revelation 17 tells us that there would be two more revivals after the five during the 1260 years. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. Rome is built on seven hills. There are also seven kings. Five have fallen, that was between 554 and 1814. One is, that's Hitler and Mussolini, and the other has not yet come. And when he comes, he must continue a short time. The one to come will be made up of 10 kings or nations with the strength of iron and the fragility of clay. This will take place in the near future, and when it does, remember where you heard this. God is not happy with those who take the beast's mark. It's a sign of disobedience. It cannot simply be a computer chip or barcode. It's the beast's mark and the beast fights against Christ at his return. The 10 horns which you saw are 10 kings who have received no kingdom as yet but they receive authority for one hour as kings with the beast. These will make war with the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them, for he is Lord of lords and king of kings. That's Revelation 17, verses 12 and 14. It may surprise you to know that the Bible speaks of another mark. Few people realize that God gave a sign that identifies his people. Read it for yourself in Exodus, the 31st chapter, and verse 13. Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you or sets you apart. Some wrongly reason that Jesus changed the Sabbath to the first day of the week. 
But the Bible and early church history show that Jesus, his apostles, and the first century church of God continued to observe the day God sanctified at creation long before Moses. As we read in Genesis, the second chapter, and in verse 3, Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. And Jesus declared to those who are misapplying the Sabbath that the Sabbath was not done away with, but it was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath. Now think about this. You're not Lord of something that does not exist. The devil is a great counterfeiter. Speaking of false ministers, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness. One of Satan's greatest deceptions is the mark of the beast. It's a counterfeit of God's sign. We'll see that in greater detail in the last portion of this program, but I hope you can see by now that this subject is greater than looking for a number or a stamp on the back of one's hand. You need our free study guide, The Beast of Revelation. So pick up the phone and ask for the booklet on the beast. That's all you need. Or go to our website at twtv.org beast to order your free copy just ask for the booklet on the beast. It's that simple, and no one will hit you up for money. There's one more revival of the beast to come in the near future. You need to know what that mark is, because almost everyone is deceived about what it is, but you don't have to be. The answer is found in the pages of your Bible, so order your free study guide on the beast of Revelation and dust off your Bible. And when I come back after this short break, I'll show you the connection between God's sign of His people and Satan's mark. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org beast. This clear and straightforward resource will help you understand this vital truth straight from the pages of the Bible. If you're calling for the first time, you will also receive a free annual subscription to Tomorrow's World magazine, six inspiring issues discussing news, science, and modern culture will help you make sense of your world from a biblical perspective. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to Tomorrow's World for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. Call now or go to twtv.org beast. Today we're discovering what is the mark of the beast, a subject for which there are many opinions, but precious little biblical knowledge. We've seen that God has a sign that identifies his people, the Seventh-day Sabbath. But Satan also has a sign, a mark, that identifies those who are his. Daniel 7 speaks of a stout horn which can be connected to the woman who rides the beast of Revelation 17. Here's what Daniel 7.25 reveals about this horn. 
He shall speak pompous words against the Most High and shall intend to change times and law. Notice that it says, intend to change times and law. It was not Jesus or the Apostle Paul who changed the day of rest set aside by God at creation. It was Roman Emperor Constantine who changed the Sabbath to Sunday. From Erdman's Handbook to the History of Christianity, the Christian Sunday was not made a day of rest until Constantine decreed it in A.D. 321. Constantine was a sun worshiper. When in 321 Constantine made the first day of the week a holiday, he called it the Venerable Day of the Sun, Sunday. But what about the mark being placed on the hand and in the forehead? Doesn't this suggest some kind of visible mark or computer chip? We must not read into the Bible our own ideas. We must let the Bible explain its own symbols. A sign on the hand and forehead does not suddenly appear in Revelation. Far from it. This symbolism is used as an identifying sign of obedience to God. Referring to an annual festival given by God and later kept by Jesus and the early church, we read in Exodus 13 and verse 9, to be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes, that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. And after repeating the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5, we read in chapter 6, you shall bind them, that is God's commandments, note this, as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Just as God places his sign on our hand and forehead, so the great counterfeiter's beast has his mark. Our resource, the Beast of Revelation, explains this in greater detail than I've had time on this program to give. So be sure to order your copy of this vitally important booklet. Without realizing it, you may be taking the mark of the beast as I speak. This is too important a subject to leave to popular ideas. You need to discover the truth for yourself. And be sure to come back again next week when Richard Ames, Wallace Smith, Rod McNair, and I share with you the truth of the Bible during these uncertain times. See you next time. For today's free offer, call 1-800-236-0531 or go to twtv.org beast. Call today and join millions around the world who are turning to tomorrow's world for truth, prophecy, and hope in these confusing times. The preceding program is produced by the Living Church of God. Do you have the feeling our world is going in the wrong direction? A very bad direction? Where can you turn to make sense of a world that is spinning out of control? Tomorrow's world exposes the truth and reveals the real reasons behind today's news. And it just brings a peace of mind that I just really need in this time. Tomorrow's World magazine makes sense of today's chaos, looking at history, science, and current events through the pages of the Bible. The magazine has been very impactful for me to discern the biblical aspect of what is being said as opposed to a right or a left view. And I think that's important and you don't really get that anywhere else. The magazine doesn't tell me what to think. It guides me to a deeper understanding. And for us, it's really about the hope. The nice thing is that the subscription is free. 
The magazine often asks questions that I've never even thought to ask myself. It helps me be a better person. It's really nice that we have a magazine that we can trust. Join over 450,000 loyal readers and enjoy peace of mind knowing what's ahead. In times like these, we need real answers. Clarity, not confusion, and truth instead of lies. Jesus commands, freely you have received, freely give. So every subscription is completely free. Visit twmagazine.org to get yours now.